All right, everybody, don't drop that fast forward button. The sponsorship roll call is about to begin. Energy Consulting Limited provides complete project management and general contracting services to a variety of private sector clients on both commercial and residential construction projects. They act as the owner's representatives through the planning, design, budgeting, scheduling, construction, and occupancy processes. Clients appreciate their open, honest, and flexible approach to achieving their project goals. Although they are located in Surrey, BC, Energy works on projects all over the province, including the growing cities of the north and the beautiful coastal towns of Vancouver Island. They're always excited to explore new places and develop relationships with professionals wherever their clients' interests may be. Abacus North is a firm that specializes in mortgage banking solutions for complex projects. In addition to providing financing solutions in a traditional mortgage broker capacity, Abacus North provides direct loans that range from $2 million to $25 million. On a syndicated basis, they provide mortgage banking solutions up to $300 million. In most cases, their in-house capital solutions can bridge financing gaps that traditional lenders are unable to service. They specialize in providing land acquisition loans, construction financing for large-scale developments, income-producing properties, and single-purpose facilities. With a portfolio that includes high-rise, mid-rise, and low-rise condominiums, townhouse developments, shopping centers, agricultural properties, industrial developments, and medical marijuana facilities, Abacus North is at the forefront of creative mortgage banking solutions with a focus on fostering long-term relationships. They are a multifaceted organization that services domestic and international clients with their mortgage banking needs. Complex financing solutions require analytical thinking well beyond a typical mortgage broker relationship. As a result, they focus on providing engineered solutions for their client. Their key differentiation strategy is that they assist clients in actively managing the capital stack in order to minimize borrowing costs while maximizing flexibility. Abacus North focuses on national and global opportunities. Ascentia CPA has a team of new-gen chartered professional accountants that are dedicated to advancing companies using expertise combined with emerging technologies. The team at Ascentia will implement the latest accounting technologies, allowing you to not only run a business, but to run a smart business that will excel in your industry. Their focus is to provide growth-centric, value-added, and timely accounting services for businesses, as well as individuals across Canada. Unlike standard accounting firms, by embracing cloud-based software, the team at Ascentia will provide you with real-time accounting information on a secure platform that is accessible anywhere at any time, allowing you to make better informed decisions and gain more controlled overview of your financial data. The reliability and expertise you will experience with the professionals at Ascentia will assist you in the preparation of corporate and personal tax returns, financial statements, bookkeeping, government filings, tax and estate planning, as well as business advisory services. For more information on the advantages of online accounting and to book a complimentary meeting online, be sure to visit ascentiacpa.ca. We are I. Okay, Veronica, we were just talking about your routine and keeping your routine. And ever since this COVID-19 outbreak and like the, the mystery behind it about what we've been doing, you've 
pretty much have locked yourself down uh, since the middle of March. And what we were just discussing right there was, you know, you haven't broke a day. You've woken up at 5 a.m. every single one of those mornings. And, you know, I kind of countered that with, you know, so many people have like massively broke their routines um, and decided to just abandon what we thought normal life was before kind of like all together. Um, you know, like, like, why have you made that decision? Like, like why was it important for you? Like, why 5 a.m.? Why, why not 6 a.m.? Why not give yourself to 7? Like, like w- walk us through the whole process. Okay. For me, like, I usually wake up at 5 a.m. It's been a very long time um, before coming this pandemic stuff. Just the fact that uh, that's my routine. I don't want to break my uh, wake up and go to bed time because that's where we create the circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, eating is really important and exercising is important and releasing your stress is important and having relationship with others is important as well. But I think um, we are like a work with the ecosystem, our body. So most important thing is um, the circadian rhythm. Yeah. According to that, like we actually, you know, the kind of function, my body is our body is functioning. So for me, like waking up time and the go to bed time is the, never change Monday to Sunday. 365. There is a day that probably I wake up 15 minutes late, but usually never change because most importantly, let's say, let, let's do this one. We're not going to live like this forever. Eventually, we're going to go back to normal life, you know, people are going to go back to office and they're going to have, you know, regular lifestyle. Then let's say you usually wake up at 6 a.m. But then again, now you stay home, you're not going to work. The people will usually wake up um, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., whenever, right? So you don't have any schedule. So when you do that, your body gets used to within four to five days. And then when you keep on repeating over two weeks, three weeks for a long time what happened your body settled with it they're comfortable with it i bet everyone when they wake up early uh and then now they wake up late like 9 and 10 a.m and then i bet they go to bed even later because uh, some people they even fight you know i don't want to go to bed i'm gonna watch netflix another episode you know what i mean and then when you start doing that uh eventually when you have to go back to your normal life what happened you're gonna your body has to go through another phase from changing to from, you know, 9, 10 a.m. to like 6 a.m. Yeah. So that when you shift to like that, it's like, it's like you have to fight with your body. It's very tough. So for me, I don't want to actually, uh, I want to make it easy, everything for my body. Mm-hmm. So why do I have to change? Well, someday for me, the people say, hey, Veronica, like, why you wake up at 5 a.m. if nobody's working outside? I'm like, oh, well, first of all, this is my lifestyle. And this is what I'm used to it. My body is comfortable at what time I wake up, what time I go to bed. And it's like a clock. I'm doing that. So that's one thing that I can control my health. Mm-hmm. And of course, believe it or not, because I don't have many contact with people I used to. So one sort of a someday I have really, you know, feeling down. But then again, I know like maybe tomorrow going to be better. And then it doesn't mean I break my routine. So once you keep on doing that, body is like a stay at a certain uh, level. You don't fall back too far. And then to go back to the where you're at, it takes again, you know, like you have to work on it. Yeah. And plus, we're getting older. So when you get older, what happens? It's, it's not the same as we used to be. 
And then if you don't set your routine, uh, you, you're going to be in trouble. So that's what I think. Because now like, people say, okay, so now from next week, some people, they go back to work, right? Yep. And then slowly people opening their restaurant or bar or their small business, whatever they you know, their work, they go back. And if you didn't break your routine, it's not going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's another day. You wake up, you're doing your thing, right? So now I met my friends and they was like, oh, Veronica, next week I'm going to open my clinic. I'm starting practicing again. But fuck, I woke up at like 10 a.m. now. I don't know how I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. again. Mm-hmm. Already they're getting stressed. I don't have those do stress. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my just... Um, uh, things that I do it, you know. I don't know. They, some people, they're not going to agree with me. But that's what I believe. And then that's my, like, for me, the routine is the number one most important. And when I look at you, I believe you wake up early too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, like, I got up at 4 o'clock this morning. Yeah, like I, I wake up early. But I, I'm, a, I'm a farmer at heart though. Like I, I grew up on a farm. So, like, when, so this is the point that I wanted to kind of make like when, when you were talking. Because people ask me that same thing all the time. Too, like, like, why don't you just sleep in? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, yeah, sometimes I do till like 5. Yeah. And they're just like, that's not sleeping in. And I'm like, by whose standard? Like by whose, like, like what standard are you comparing to me to? Because like, I'm only comparing me against myself. I, like, I don't, I don't care what anybody else does, you know, yeah. but like, if I normally wake up at, you know, like during kind of quote unquote regular life, I get up at three 30, you know, but I'm like, like, I like that. So this is the thing for me is, is the difference of it actually being your life and your lifestyle versus something that you feel like you have to do or that's transient in your life. And I wheel this way back to like 15 years ago when I was doing um, what uh, it was like that relay, uh, like Easter seals relay or something. Like I went with a bunch of clients who did it's like that 24 hour relay. Um, and then I brought my cooler with me. It was the weekend and we're doing this thing. And then I opened up and got my food. And I remember like a husband and wife that I was training were like, Oh, you do that on the weekend too. And I'm like, this is just my life. But it, it really gave me a concept back then. And it's the same thing, like what you're talking about now is like, like people are only really doing these protocols, like temporarily, you know, and like where you said, even like for me, where you were saying, I bet you wake up early when people say like, Oh, Blake, you know, I bet you it's hard going in the ice bath. And I'm like, no, I'm like, the hard part is actually not having access to it every day when I want. That's the hard part for me. Or, you know, not having a sauna that's 160 to 170 degrees, that's hard. Not sitting in the sauna. You know, like all these different, like, because I want to do them. Like, I, I want these protocols in my life. Like, I want to wake up early. I want to be able to do things because at the end of the day, you're arguing with people who, yeah, like what you said, are binge watching Netflix or playing on social media till whatever yeah. time at night. And then those typically are most of the people who are sleeping in until, you know, seven, eight, nine o'clock in the morning. I'm like, like, like this morning, that's why I posted that uh, picture on my Insta stories and stuff. I'm like five. Uh, so it's about five o'clock in the morning or 10 after five. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's bright and early again. Like it literally, like, you know, when you said we end up bright and early, like it is bright and early, like it is bright and early at, at like 4.50 in the morning. You know, like it's beautiful. It's, like, it's calm. It's got, you know, it's like 13 degrees when I walked out of my house today to hop in the car, you know, like, like the birds are chirping, it's blue sky, the sun's got like, it's just like, that's amazing. You know, like, and I, I could do this is like something like what, what Jocko Willink, you know, says, you know, like that U.S. Navy SEAL or retired Navy SEAL, he's like, 
it's a privilege to wake up and be able to see the sun, you know, because I've chose to be able to wake up and see the sun. And when he said that, I was just like, that is amazing because there's a lot of people like that don't get to wake up in the kind of freedom that we get to wake up to every day, even if we are a quote unquote, like lockdown or these COVID-19 protocols, you can still walk out your door, stare at the sun in a calm neighborhood and not worry about a lot of atrocities in life that other people have to, to face. So why waste that? Because there's a lot of other people in the world that would die to be in the position that we're in here and we're just taking it for granted. So like that, that's my perspective with like sleeping in It's just like, there's too much life to live. There's too many wicked things to do, you know, like, you know, like I've already worked out for an hour, sat in the, the ice bath for eight minutes, hot tub for 30 minutes, washed my car and an hour long meeting. Um, you know, I did some like work on the computer. Now we're doing this podcast. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like, I Same love here. that being a part of my life. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, most importantly, you know, what? Like I always say people, they wake up in the morning. Usually people, they do well Monday to Friday because only one reason, because they have to go to work yeah. or they have to take their kids to school. Yeah. So they have something duty. It's not like a, who really the people wake up for themselves is the, those people they have set their lifestyle. So for me, the either is a quarantine right now, my lifestyle, I decide to, I choose to wake up at 5 a.m. and I choose to go to bed before 10 p.m. So that's, I set it. So this is my life. So it doesn't matter if I have to go to office or I have to, you know, like do something else. It's, that's like I can put in my schedule. Mm-hmm. So I'll wake up for myself. It's not because I wake up for a while because I have to go to work at 9 a.m. No, I don't do that. So people, like, they get lost once they, like, this lockdown because they wake up certain time because they get obligated. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. Besides that, if they don't have that reason, they will sleep in. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, this is exactly the same thing. People, they're looking for retirement. Mm-hmm. They work, they retirement, and then after retire, now what? W- what's it gonna do? They get well, lost. I think this people way. are getting a taste of that right now because, like, that's that's kind of like the political narrative going on right now because the Canadian federal government is still paying people, you know. So the conservative parties are the conservative parties challenging the liberals in, in on a federal level right now, saying that you're not giving anybody any incentive to go back to work. Like, like, why would people go back to work when they're getting paid not to go to work? Like, like, what is the incentive to be able to, to start the economy again? And we need to start this economy again. And like, we need yep. to do, you know, need just because you have people now protesting, going back to work, saying they don't want to be quote unquote, the guinea pigs that, you know, everybody is kind of society is running tests on. And uh-huh. it's like, but to me, that kind of goes to show like the scary part of like, like what you said, like retirement, because, you know, like what are these people like going to do with their lives? Not only now, but like you kind of clearly see like where we are going and like what retirement really looks like. Like, what does it, what does that look like to you getting to retirement saying like, I have to look forward to, I can watch Netflix for like eight hours a day. Oh, like God. what is that going to do to like <laughs> our minds and our bodies? You know, like we're not, we're not meant for that. Like in, in any regard, but like you see so many people doing that now. I, I think because it's nicer outside in BC and you see more people around the neighborhood, a lot of people are starting to venture out a little bit more, you know, but like I still hear and I see it and I look on, you know, uh, social media all the time. There's a lot of people still just drowning their lives in just like the most ridiculous crap, like online and TV and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's supposed to be like 27 degrees out here today. You know, I know. Like, 
Why would yeah. you spend any time inside at all? Especially when like we know now that like vitamin D is like one of the best things, uh, you know, you can take and supplement in to help, you know, prevent you getting COVID-19, you know, like you should want to spend time outside today. Exactly. Well, the thing is that people like, uh, I don't know, like when you wake up in the morning, like, yes, it's a life is that, but you have a motivation, you know, exactly what you want to do when you mm-hmm. wake up in the morning through the day. But most of the people, when they don't wake up in the morning now, unless they wake up because they have to go somewhere or they have to go to work. Then after that, when you don't have that, what motivation do you have? Mm-hmm. What about yourself? Like people, they don't think about it. Like, so for me, like, here's another thing. One of my clients, I'm just, I was begging her to go out walk just even 10 minutes. And she goes, oh, I don't want to go out because, you know, like, uh, did you do your workout? Oh, no, because I heard, you know, soon they're going to open the gym, then I'm going to start it. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? What's a different you and somebody want to quit smoking? They want to quit like next year, January 1st. Yeah. Like, why don't you do it now? Like, uh, and then she doesn't get it. So I, here's the thing. Okay, now you don't move. Okay, it's been two months. You didn't do any exercise. So now, okay, gym open. You go to the gym. You start the training. What's going to happen very next? You're going to get sick because your body uh, doesn't know how to recover from that exercise first. And the second, all the sanitizer, all those chemicals all over the place at the gym, you breathe in and out those you know, chemicals. And then what's going to happen? Do you think you have like, enough the immune system to fight back for that? And you didn't even step out once within uh, two months yeah. because you get scared because you're going to get the COVID-19. But these are the things, though, and this is like what I say to people. It's like when you, most people are going to struggle when they restart the gym, right? Like, like we know this because this happens like every like New Year's, like, you know, like we, we have all these situations that we can directly correlate to like exactly the struggle that people are going to face kind of getting their routine reestablished. You know, it's like for me, like what I keep saying to people is why not start that struggle now? Why wait until the gym reopens? to start the struggle, like start the struggle now. So by the time the gym opens, you're back in your routine. I know, you know, you're going to struggle. I know you're going to struggle. You know, you're going to struggle. Everybody knows everybody's going to struggle. Start the struggle now. Like, you know. you know, don't give up on it. Just keep pushing through. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not the excuses. They don't yep. want to do it. Yeah. And the, the human being is like, once you don't move it, you don't feel like to move. After you don't move it, you want to lie down. When you lie down, you want to sleep. You don't yep. want to get up. That, that's us. Yeah. So you have, to, you have to decide. Many people, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's like what motivation? Like people don't have motivation to get up. That's what well, I because, When you even look like people don't have motivation to grocery shop anymore. People don't have motivation to like cook for themselves. You know, people don't have a motivation to mail a letter or go to the bank. Because we don't have to anymore. Like you can stay laying down on the couch. You can get your groceries. You can get your food. You can do your banking. You can watch your TV. You can talk to your friends. You can do everything from laying down on the couch. Like it actually doesn't take anything. So like, that's why I said, like we're training our bodies into this. Like we're living like a retirement lifestyle already, even when people are going to work every day, because life has become so sedentary. Like there's not a lot of activity to most people's lives, but since they leave their house, they feel like they've done something or that they're busy. But like the one thing I'm like, you leave sitting at home to sit in your car, to sit at work, to sit in your car, to sit at home. Like, where was the activity? Mm. 
what's sitting. happening. <laughs> yeah, you know, sitting activity. <laughs> yeah, and this is what I always say. I'm like, I don't doubt that you're mentally and emotionally exhausted for sure. Like you lived it, you you've been up for 16 hours today or 14 hours. Like I'm sure you're mentally, emotionally exhausted, but you had no activity. Like don't confuse mental and emotional exhaustion with physical exertion because that is not even the same thing. I know. It's like now the people, now they worry about this every day, listening to the news, like all the negative stuff. Yes, you want to actually know what's going on out there, but like you don't have to dig into, you know, most of the news from morning to night, it's the same thing mm-hmm. over and over. They're repeating and repeating and repeating. There's like, a, well, there's a pros and cons, but like, you know, once you listen, let's say 15 minutes to 30 minute news, that's enough. Move on. Do, do things and for your life people that don't do that and then i'm not there to actually guide the people you know motivate people because in the end of the day it's your life mm-hmm. you make a decision and then you just go for it but don't complain if you don't feel well you know what i mean just that you decide and you take a full responsibility for it. that's, what that's I why think. i love all those doctors that are starting to you know go on their <laughs> social media accounts and be very vocal now is saying that i'm a doctor and i'm not scared of covid19 like I'm a doctor, like, let's start really talking about, like, what are some of the compounding factors here about why COVID-19 might actually be bad, you know, and like the, um, I can't remember what his, uh, um, his real name is, but he goes by the Instagram handle carnivore MD. Um, mm-hmm. and he's a doctor, he, I believe mm-hmm. he's in like his mid thirties and stuff. And like his biggest thing that he pumps out right now is just talking about like COVID-19 is more of a metabolic, um, metabolic dysfunction issue. Um, than what it is actually like a respiratory issue because of the fact that when you have a, a metabolic disorder, you know, and the, like you have these underlying health conditions, you are 10 times more likely to have severe symptoms of COVID-19. So yeah. is COVID-19 a bad respiratory issue or is it exacerbated because you have these underlying metabolic issues in your body already? So like, where's the car before the horse? But I'm just glad that these guys are coming out and starting having these conversations and you have two doctors having intelligent conversations about what the alternative non-political agenda narrative may be, you know, because like that, like this is real, like these, like nobody can argue that these guys aren't two doctors, you know, and he even makes the point. He's like, the beach is open in California and I want to go down to this lagoon to go like skimboarding or whatever he was doing. But he's like, the path was still closed, but the beach and the lagoon were open. So they've opened this, but I can't get to it. There's a private path going through people's houses to get there. There's people at the lagoon. I can see them. But this one little stretch, you know, like this tiny little stretch of this path, there's a sign that you can't go down COVID-19. And he's just like, I didn't realize that COVID-19 just hung out in the air on a path. Doesn't even make any sense. The path is closed. There's there's not going to be COVID-19 mysteriously floating around in the air on this path. And I'm going to get COVID-19 on this path when the lagoon and the beach are open. So he goes around the side and goes down the path and the police show up and they try to give him a ticket and drive, but he sits out on the water for three hours and waits them out. And then he goes goes home. But again, like it highlights the absurdity of like all this to me and like the narrative that we we've created that, you know, even in areas where we don't have to worry about it, it's like here in BC, like, I don't know if you know, but all the, uh, provincial and regional parks open back up on May 14th for day use only. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, to me, when I look at it, I'm like, what's changed? What's changed since two weeks ago when you closed them? Not a whole hell of a lot. Like realistically, like there hasn't been like a vaccine. 
there hasn't been like in those two weeks, there hasn't been like a significant change in the environment, except for that. We just kind of know a little bit more about like COVID-19, but like, why not just open them now? Like, why do we have to wait till the 14th? Again, like there's this time that goes by. Why not open up this weekend? It's beautiful. It's like encourage people to get outside, encourage people to get out in nature. Again, it's supposed to almost be 30 degrees all weekend here. We should walk. I know it's beautiful. Yeah, since yesterday is really beautiful. I love it. You know, this morning when I was running outside, it's like, a, oh my god, this is yeah. beautiful. Today gonna be one of those days. So beautiful. Like I can't wait. After finish with you, I'm gonna just get out. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> if I was outside too, I just yeah. got in. Yeah. That's How thing. do you feel like in your in your social circle? Like are are people kind of itching to get back out and you know kind of do things? Like is it kind of <laughs> 50 people want these lockdown procedures to last longer um kind of like what what's your social circle like over there um uh, most of my friends they they're a little bit fed up mm-hmm. they want to go back to you know work and they want to do things at the same time there's a few of my orthotherapists my friends they're like you know what i sort of i like this lifestyle i just i don't have to chase after schedule i just wake up whenever i want you know afternoon i work out and then evening i walk near the lake you know and then i have my dinner with my sons you know i just you know chill out and then i sleep now, some people love this lifestyle some people like uh, vice versa they want to get back to work so they're different yeah yeah so everybody's different and for me, I don't think anything changed, but just more meeting people outside yeah. and the flying. That's it. Other than that, like for me, it's the same. I wake up same time, go to bed same time. You know, my eating schedule is the same. I'm, I'm work crude. It's like, actually, I work more than before. I have to produce more content, so I work more. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, nothing changed. If uh, tomorrow everything back to normal, okay, great. If it's not, I'm still the same. So yeah. for me, it doesn't really affect a lot much. Like you say, I want to go sauna. I want to go, you know what I mean? Those access, you know, I used to have it. I don't have that, but I find the alternative source. You know, I go to my friend's place, you know, so I look for a thing because one thing I know human, if they want something so bad, they make it happen. Yeah. I'm never going to get like this, like uh, amazing sauna that I used to have, but I will find the alternative source and I do it. Yeah. So I still do it. So, well, that's only different. And that's too, like, you know, since I don't have, um, like, an abundant access to, like, a sauna right now, because I've been, I don't know if I've ever, like, explained this to you, and if I have, I'm sorry, and if I haven't, maybe chime in on what your your thoughts are behind it. So what I've been experimenting with, even, like, before this COVID-19 thing started, is that I'm like, okay, if like the optimal kind of like sauna temperature is about 170 degrees for about 20 minutes of exposure, if that's kind of like what we generally kind of know, you know, fluctuate maybe 10 degrees Fahrenheit yeah. or, you know, maybe a few minutes, but like generally that's kind of like a, a well-respected concept of, of temperature versus time. So, but obviously we know like some people don't have access to a sauna that goes above 140. So then you increase your exposure time, which then achieves the same result, right? Um so what I've been doing is cranking the heater up in my room to 30 degrees. I got three comforters or the um, duvets and then I wear like long pajamas and I'm just in the morning when I wake up, like everything is just soaked, but I'm just like, it's gotta be relatively the same effect because like, you know, I'm sleeping for like five hours. 
So it's got to be some kind of relative transfer there. I'm just like dying all night long. But I'm like, I got to know, like, 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 what do you think? Like, if you're in a, say, like 170 degrees for 20 minutes, or if you're in 140 for 45, or if you're in like 120 for an hour, like, what about like, whatever the equivalent to 30 degrees Celsius is in Fahrenheit under three duvets and pajamas on for like five hours? Like, is there, there any validation to like that theory? Do you think there's any benefit or do you just think I'm like getting dehydrated all night for no reason? So did you sweat a lot? Oh yeah. It's crazy. Okay. You have to like, well, I take the sheets off the bed and I replace them, wash them because they're soaked. The pillowcases are soaked. Mm -hmm. And um, like the bottom duvet, I take Mm -hmm. that off and I like it aired out because that's soaked. Like it just, everything is just like soaked because I sweat lots when I sleep anyway, because my metabolism is high. I have lots of muscle mass on my body. You know, like I, I naturally sleep very hot anyway. This is just like exacerbating that tenfold. Oh, that makes sense because it's the same thing as uh, many uh, those uh, car racing drivers. Yeah. Before they actually racing, they go to sauna. Plus, they really layers and layers of clothes. They wear it, and they soak their body with the sweat. Yeah. And then they do like an hour stay there. So right now your temperature also is a little bit different, but I kind of you actually bundle yourself up, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a similar effect, you know, I, but it's funny. You should take a picture and then post in the Instagram. I was <laughs> <laughs> like groggy and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's funny. But the thing is to me, like I'm an experimental junkie, like especially with like on my body, like like I, I love experimenting with my body in, in like in every kind of way. Like I just like I think bodies are too much of a tool just to use uh-huh. it for a singular purpose. Like there's like you can use your body for like anything. And I think like the more online content that comes on are you seeing what people are using their bodies for um mm-hmm. like it's it's amazing and i think like the the best example of that is like parkour or american ninja warrior or like crossfit you like you see these things that are just like superhuman but new things come online like that every year something new comes out so it's really cool i i love uh, i love experimenting with my body and i know that that you that you do too and I, I, I see the chatter and I hear the chatter and the people like, like DMing me and emailing me about like all the podcasts I do with everybody and how like people are starting to like be comfortable with like experimenting with their bodies now because like I still forget that people allocate their entire healthcare protocol just to a doctor. You know, you, whether you go to like a walking clinic or this family doctor, like people don't, it's hard for people to understand that you can have your own best interest in mind. And that you have the, we have the ability now to be able to research these things, like implement these protocols and just see how it affects your body. Yeah, that's the best way to learn your body. So people say, oh, you know what, Veronica, do you think a paleo diet is good? I always say, try it. Yeah. Try it out. You're the best nutritionist. You try and you see how you feel, if you see the result or not. If you don't try, just don't take other people's words. You just try. Mm -hmm. Because everybody's different. So that's what you're doing. You try everything and you find you learn your body every time you train your things. Yeah, I did uh, many times when I was competing and I wanted to 180 degree to transform my physique. So I try everything. 
I was obsessed with it. Also, I have a little bit of OCD, so once I get into it, like once I get into it, I'm going crazy. So I try everything from 89 pounds to like 120 pounds on stage, and lean muscle mass and getting all this. That's not easy, but no. you know what? If I did that, anyone can do it if they want to. If they're yeah, not, I'm glad that you say that because. Like is my biggest irritation, especially with people like typically in our positions, is for one in like that's the whole um, like mission statement of like we arise. Is that there is no person on a pedestal. It's just somebody has made a, a slightly different choice. You know, because like you said, like anybody can do what you did, and anybody can do what I'm doing. It's just like I choose to want to love what I'm doing the same way you chose to love the process. But people fight back against it like like all the time. Like one of my really good friends. Um, arguably, probably my best friend. You know, like it, it has taken me months and months to get him in the ice bath. Like he has fought this forever. So the other day, he's just like, "Okay, I'm, I'm finally gonna try this, but I'm gonna do a minute. I'll just be happy if I can do it." I'm like, "You're gonna do more than I guarantee. You when you get in, that minute's gonna go by so fast. You're gonna do more than a minute." But like, he was just so nervous to be able to get in. Gets in, does two minutes. Could have gone longer. I think he just got out because like. Mentally, he kept telling himself that like I should just get out. So that was the other day, and he's like, "Actually, that's not even that bad." So then he comes back, and then he tries it again, like a few days later, and um, and then he goes five minutes, and I'm like, "See, I'm like, it's not that bad. Like, it, like you you just made a choice to want to try it now versus resisting it, and that's like everything, right? You know, like we look at that like in in every regard, and like just like what you're saying about keeping like a schedule, it's like." You simply have just made a choice to love getting up at five, but most people are just like resent getting up at five until they get up at five and they realize how much more stuff they can do in a day and like how much better their day is and how they have some time for themselves. And, you know, you get to hear the birds chirping and see the sunrise and see that blue sky and feel that warmth on the earth and that warmth on your skin or, you know, get that run in before anybody else wakes up and you like all that kind of stuff. Like it can be so beautiful, but it's amazing how much that we we resist and I always kind of wonder if human beings have always been or have been like that that the first inclination is to resist and then do because that seems like what we are like as a species now like we resist and then we do instead of just doing and experiencing if that makes any sense it is because the first thing is our reaction is to resist everything because anything that uh, you haven't tried and then this is what the comfort zone, right? So the body, we, we're meant to like, we always want to survive. So when you do that, right now what you have or your routine, everything, that's your comfort zone. And from there, if you want to introduce something new stuff, your body first, oh, it's dangerous. We resist the first. And then once maybe you try a little bit, then, oh, okay, it's not that bad. Then, you know, after that, they can actually do it more. So it, it's a natural stuff, yeah. you know, that's being human. Just to yeah. register staff. Yeah. It's it's amazing that like we are like that, right? Because if you think like if we have a natural resistance to trying, how did we ever innovate? Because you know, like it, it takes like that that lack of resistance to actually be in a true innovation category. You know, and like and for me, I'm also like an experience junkie too. Like I love to experience everything and try everything and just like mm -hmm. really kind of figure out like what actually I like and what I don't like. And I understand that's going to change seasonally and yearly and, you know, like to do different stages of my life. 
And that's why I think it's so important to kind of always like step out there. Like, and I love the theory, the concept and everything around like innovation because innovation is just not creating a new product for market. Like, like we are a product of like innovation, like every single day, you know? And like, that's kind of like the whole point behind this experiment with all these different diets is like, you know, like what is going to be the best? Then once we figure out like what is going to be the best diet, then we're going to go on to like the three different water sources. Well, what one of those water sources is going to be the best? Okay, well, then we're going to go on to sleep. Okay, well, we're going to do the sleep tracking, like, you know, with that little sleep monitor and stuff that goes around your wrist and your thumb. And, um, and then we're like, okay, well, what does five hours look like? You know, like, what does seven hours look like? You know, like, what do these different hour marks look like? Because it's like, if we can innovate it as human beings, just be able to make, like, life experience better. Um, I think like that is invaluable. And I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, which is kind of like what we started off talking about when we hopped on this call too, is that um, they're like, Blake, they're like, I don't really see any significant changes in you. And it's not that like you're at a different category of a person than any other human being. Like, it's not like you go in this ice bath and now you can run a three minute mile or, you know, like, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, I'm not doing it for those reasons. I'm doing it so that when I'm 90, I'm still running an eight minute mile. Like that's why I'm doing it. But uh, like everybody thinks that like, well, I shouldn't say everybody thinks I feel like a common narrative that I keep running into based on the stuff that I'm doing right now. People think that it's for right now. And I'm like, no, like, like this is, I'm hedging the bet. Like I want to be 70 and awesome, 80 and awesome. I want to be 90 and awesome. I want to be Mel Gibson's dad at 99, still out jogging. Like, sure, he's had this stem cell replacement therapy. Yeah. But I tell people if I could afford stem cell replacement therapy, I'd be going to Panama too and getting it. You know, like I don't think that there's anything wrong with getting stem cell replacement therapy. Oh, that's my goal. That's my goal. I want to go to Panama to get stem cell. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah, of course I believe in it. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Like, what I think at the end of the day is like. Uh, uh, most important is that the curiosity. If you are curious about something, you have to be, you, ha- you have to be curious. Then you're going to do it because you're curious. Oh, if I try the ketogenic diet, what's going to happen in my body? Or if I do a plant-based diet, what's going to happen? If I do a, if jump in the cold tank, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And you're curious about it and you want to find out. But most of the people, like, uh, they, they don't do it because they're not curious about it. And they're not interested. For example, me, I'm not interested at anything about car. For yeah. me, car is like an A to B. As long as it can move and I don't stop middle of nowhere, I'm fine with it. Until car, something is not working, then I pay attention. Ah, what's happening? Like, okay, I have to go. The mechanic say, oh, Veronica, you have to fix this. Oh, uh, what, what is that? Then I start to looking at the Google. Oh, how much is it? Uh, okay, I do it. Yeah. Other than that, I don't give a shit because I'm not curious about it. But comes with the health. People, they're not curious about their health. Then like, uh, they were not going to do it until they start having problem. Mm-hmm. Then they pay attention. It's the same thing. So some people are interested at this one. Some people are interested in some different um. Uh, things everybody's different so but i don't like the people that like you know they're like wish i wish oh because you did it oh i don't have that that's well oh probably your parents are like that yeah they try to find all the excuses why they're not like that 
And those people, the lazy factors, they stay at home and doing nothing, watching TV and going to scroll down their Facebook or Instagram, and they just look at other people. Oh, yeah, this n e Oh, because you're 25 years old. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Because those people, I don't get it. I, I have no respect. I'm sorry. Maybe somebody hate me if I say this one, but you know what? I don't care. Like, uh, only one thing, if you are curious about, you know, your body. Oh, if I do this, oh, I can achieve this one. Try it out. You want to have like a six pack? Research. Find out. If other people say ketogenic diet work, try it out. If it doesn't work, try something else until you find things. So that's where you can go somewhere. Otherwise, sitting down, just looking at the people's six-pack is not going to happen. So you have to execute it. In order to do that, you have to do it like you because you're curious. You do it. You try. Mm. And you learn your body. And that, that's the thing. So for me, like, also, you know what? Well, once you don't do it, you stay in, you do nothing, mm. most of people just get depressed. You wake up morning and you look at your ceiling. Ah, oh, I don't want to wake up. What should I do? They have more... No goal. They, they don't know what they have to do. Of course, you're depressed. Like, you get up, you know, find something you like and start doing it. Yeah, Life I, is I, much found exciting. A, I found a tree branch on the ground the other day. It was about like maybe like an inch and a half in diameter. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to whittle a spoon out of this shit. <laughs> I started like carving it away. Be like, but like, really, like, my point behind that is, is, you know, like, Like you're either finding ways to be able to keep your sanity or you're finding ways to lose it. Yeah. Like, like that's kind of really like people are staring at the scene. Well, what am I going to do to it? It's like, why is that even an option? Like, why isn't it just an option? Like get out of bed. And once you get out of bed and you just get out and you just start doing things like, like, again, like what you're looking to like, like curiosity, you know, like, like we're a curious species. We, we've got to this point because we are, you know, it's like, why lose our curiosity now? Like when we can really use that, this is the best time for curiosity and imagination and experimentation. And like, you know, it is my biggest pet peeve. I keep ranting about this on the podcast with everybody. I'm like, I think that it is semi-responsible our government when they're pounding out all these public service messages, not to say like, Hey, this would be a great time to look at the new Canada health food guide and maybe experiment with it a little bit. This is a great time to be able to like, you know, go online. There's tons of free content now, you know, like start trying to be like the healthiest that you can be, you know, like, you know, like here's some tips, you know, like where's our federal government, like commercial saying like drink more water or, you know, like you're getting plenty of sleep now, something you may have not got before, you know, here's like some like healthy eating tips, you know, like there's lots of stuff that we could be doing to make this stay at home experience right now, a little bit more positive in changing like our healthcare in its entirety, you know, but like if anything to me, it's really enhanced and exacerbated the symptoms of, you know, people who are either type two diabetic already, or are going to become type two diabetic or, you know, people who have high blood pressure or, you know, like hypertension, you know, like just these different, you know, these lifestyle related diseases, We could be reversing some of those. Like, I don't think what most people realize if you know, if you have one of these, if you live two months of like going down the road of living a healthier, active lifestyle, how much of that you can reverse in those two months? You know, like if you see like a, you know, a 15 or 20% um, like um, increase in your overall health and you're getting healthier over the last couple of months, like why wouldn't we choose to do that? They, like we could have really taken this time out to like, 
paint like a really good picture for everybody. And, and we just haven't, like some people have, like you have, you're getting on going for your runs every day. And some people have chosen to be able to take this time out. And, you know, like a lot of people have asked me too, like, you know, like Blake, why be so hard on yourself doing all these diets right now amongst all the chaos in the world? I'm like, I love it. It, it gives me a project to work on every single day. You know, that's only going to benefit my healthcare, but then at least, you know, hopefully I'll be able to, you know, like inspire a couple of people along the way to say like, Hey, this is a great time to be, because we have all the time in the world right now to experiment with our healthcare, our bodies, like what we want to do with life. Like, do you want to go back to the job? You know, like if you went, didn't go back to the job, are you going to go back to school? Like, what would you take? You know, like I started taking a, an edX course on innovation, you know, once, the, once this all started, cause I'm like, this is a perfect time to be able to like, you know, take a new course and just kind of like fine tune my thought process a little bit more. Like this is, this is a time of opportunity right now for us as individuals, not just as a time of opportunity to make sure you check off the Netflix list. Yeah. Because, uh, you, you, you're a very motivated person. Not everyone's like you. And like I say, some people, they're not curious about the, uh, taking care of themselves. And then I give you a breakdown, a couple of reasons why. The first, it's a, um, we learned, I don't want to say we brainwashed, we learned, uh, trust the doctor, mm-hmm. and then we give them to control our health. So if you get sick, first thing, you have to go see doctor. And if a doctor say, okay, after run the test, this is a problem. You have a hypertension. We're going to give you this mess. So you know what? You're going to feel better. Then we go, oh, okay, no problem. It's like me. When I bring my car, the mechanics say, okay, you have to fix this one. The motor is done. Okay, fix it. Tell me how much. That's all I know. And the second was your, um, it's all start from your house, inside the house. Your parents, mm-hmm. your grandparents, what they, their lifestyle, they just they give it to you, pass it on to you, and then you're going to pass it on to your kids. So that's what you learn. You're going to carry on. And you know what? If your entire family is fat and you have diabetes type 2, and then you are like 20-something, nearly 30 years old, you, you have pre-diabetes, first you're going to think, oh, yeah, the entire my family is like that. Mm-hmm. That's what they think. Yeah. So before you think, oh, yeah, maybe I can change things. I'm going to try this. You already learned from your parents. You already learned from the media. Okay, I have to trust my doctor. I'm saying, like, don't trust your doctor, but just saying, like, there is other way to fix it. Mm-hmm. But they don't know. And then now, thank God we have social media out there. You can actually get all the information. But even that, it's like so many misinformation out there. It's like, you know, I hate those girls, like, you know, the coming out with all this um, filtered pictures and the nice, you know, booties and, you know, the apps and coming out. It's like, you know, the regular people, when they look at it, like, uh, it's almost impossible for them to reach that mm-hmm. body. They just look at it, but they will never say, you know, I can never do that. You know what I mean? In the, just to kind of like touch on this, like this is my thing with these filtered pictures that people put on that like, and I'm not talking about like the little, like the ones that like add like the little whiskers because, you know, like um, it's kind of being silly. Like, I'm talking about like the, the filtered pictures where it's like, it's changed your facial structure, you know? And like, you know, it, like it's kind of like raise your cheekbones or skin your chin, like all these kind of things. Because people always ask me why I post really candid pictures that have like no filters, no, no, like hair's messy, shit in the background. Like, yeah, Cause I'm like, that's life. Like that's real life. And I'm happy with who I am. 
and I'm happy in the environments that I'm in and I'm not trying to paint this this perfect image of anything not even me because I don't I don't want to live up to the expectation of trying to even make perfect pictures or live a perfect life so like I'm not that at all but how much of these filters when you've changed your face to misrepresent yourself it's just a reflection of not only that you're just really not happy with like who you are but like why are you happy with like this this new distorted you know proxy image of you what makes that better like why do people look at this image that has changed their facial structure and their body composition and they're like this is a better me you know but it's like it it's so fake and where i see that it's like those people to me are the ones that, like you have to live online now like you you have to have predominantly an online life because you can't represent that in real life you know like when i meet people in real life and i'm like who are you like and they're just like oh, i'm so and so i'm like oh, i'm like you don't even look like a <laughs> person at all like not like not even remotely close like it's crazy you know like like how is that like real i'm like it's just and in the in it's in it's for like professional reasons and stuff you know it's not like i find it odd because i'm like for one it's like deceiving to like to the world but it's deception to yourself like like, why not actually, like you said, like, we're lacking so much personal accountability, but like, we want the end product that we're willing to misrepresent ourselves to the world by these filtered pictures, instead of just actually trying to create that result naturally. Or do you know, just self-esteem, no self-esteem, no confidence. That's it. You know, if you love yourself, who you are, how you look, it doesn't matter. You don't need a filter. Sometimes you can play with like a nose is different thing. You know what I mean? Like a ear is coming out, like rabbit ears. That's just, what I mean. Like, but like a, we get start the- changing your face. Yeah. Like I'm like, uh, well, you, you're that, you know, like you're not happy with your look. Yeah. That's what I see it. <laughs> yeah. But then again, like they also change the picture. And then the next picture on like their Instagram feed is like, you know, oh, I just finished drinking like four new vodkas and eating these like extra cheese nachos. And it's like, well, maybe if you drop some of that shit, you wouldn't have to use the filters because for one, the food is making you depressed and anxious about who you are. And then never mind, like the, the physical results of eating that shit and drinking that shit is making you also depressed and anxious of who you are. So now you have to use this filter to be able to misrepresent who you are, like, you know, in this like fake world that we've created on social media. I just feel like it's, it's really, it's interesting to me because it's being enhanced. It's not, we're not seeing a recession of it. You know, so like, this is like where I say, it's like, if it's our faces now, like when is it, or maybe it's already here. I just, I'm unaware of it. Like, where's the time when like, as a guy, I take a selfie and I can just put an instant six pack on my body or like chisel pack. So like, now I'm like this jack dude in my picture. (laughs) You know, it's coming. Like you, like, you know, it's true. Like, if we were manipulating our faces, why wouldn't we manipulate the rest of our bodies, you know, through these filters and stuff too? Like I, like I clearly see the path going down like that direction because that's what's happening. Cause the filters started with the bunny ears, you know, and like the little bow ties and, you know, like turning you into a grandpa smoking a cigar or some shit like that. But then it got into actual facial reconstruction. And that is the part where it kind of started to like worry me about like where that is going because how do you ever live up to that expectation in real life? Because say then you do walk down the journey, 
but that filtered picture always looks a little bit better. But then when you look in the mirror and you don't see that same image, what happens then? That's very depressing. You know, the persons like that, you're going to see like, you know, they stay in the, with the using those apps, you know, the filtering, all this is changing their face bone structure. And then, you know, they make their asses even better. You know, they have a small waistline, they have a bigger boobs, you know, whatever that is, you know, make a curves their body. And then uh, virtually you're not like that. So this is not external problem. It's internally the personal problem. That's what I see it. Because you don't feel good. When you look at yourself, you don't like what you see. So you have to cover something on the top and show to other people. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big problem. It's psychologically, that's not good. It's very depressing when I hear those people. Like, uh, and then, like, let's say you put so many pictures out there. And some people, they look at, start to you having conversation. You know, you have a start to, they want to see you in person. What you going to do? Mm-hmm. What you going to do? So this is actually a really interesting topic that we stumbled upon here because the fitness industry has always been a cover for emotional and mental health issues. Like a lot of people started, you know, like working out over the years because they were insecure. They had body image issues, you know, like all these different kinds of things. Like it's no secret. I know that, you know, that like the world just knows that. Right. You know, but like, but now we've kind of taken there, there was a spinoff behind fitness too that like you could climb out of that rabbit hole. You might initially were like, oh, I'm getting all this attention now because my body's nice and this, that, and the next thing. But you eventually get over that. It gets old. You're like, I'm going to keep my shirt on or, you know, like, like I just don't care. The yeah, yeah, it's just another comment. Like it gets old. Like I don't care who you are. That shit just gets old after a while. You know, but you still end up with like a certain amount of like health and a change in your lifestyle from that. However, now you don't have to do that because people are going to predominantly only see you online. You get your validation through your likes and your clicks and your comments online. So you're changing your, your structure of your body, getting the validation, but there's no spinoff health benefit to that. Cause you're not like, people don't need to go to the gym anymore. Like you can be a hundred pounds overweight toss down one of those filters and it completely changes who you are, but you still get the validation of like, if you were at the gym, so it's like a new hybrid version of what people were doing before when they would have like these insecurities and go to the gym to get a better body, to get a little validation. Now you don't have to work out. You don't have to go to the gym. You can change your body still, still get the validation. That's just, it's scary to me because again, it's, it's, it's our healthcare. It's our sanity. It's, it's everything like what makes us like, human like it just it we were morphing ourselves into this like really really gray area of what the benefit of that actually is because you know like even if when you went to the gym before and you got this nice body because like okay I want to be healthy but you really kind of there's a component to it that you liked all the compliments that came along with it when you would look in the mirror at home you'd still be happy relatively because you're like, look at my six pack, these jacked up arms, like oh, I'm super lean. But when you do that now, that filter is no longer there. So like, is that the next thing to come out is like filtered mirrors? So then when people look in the mirror, they see like a filtered version of themselves. So you kind of walk around life now with this really distorted view of what you think you look like until you happen to be walking down the sidewalk one day and you see a reflection in a shop window and you're like, who is that? That's very scary. 
It's, but you uh, see it though. But you, you legitimately it, can see that. Yeah, but it's like um, I don't know how to tell you this one. For me, um, already like let's put on the side for the bodybuilding, you know, competition, all those in you know, a fitness world. The fitness, it's nothing to do with the health. You know that. Yeah. That's why we say health and fitness. Fitness mostly is external, outside, you know, how you look. That's fitness. Health is really coming from the internally. It's like showing the outside. That's health. And for me, uh, I've been both sides, right? And <laughs> fitness as well. And the end of the day, people are doing that because it's attention. Yep. Everyone needs attention. What do you think when you, when you post this stuff? You know, you tell me the truth. Let's say you have uh, 50 likes. Mm-hmm. And the other, your post only get two likes. Mm-hmm. What is your mind when you look at it? Okay, I'll actually give you two answers to that because before I used to, um, I used to think about like, well, why don't people like that? Like, you know, like I wouldn't say like I got, I'm getting some kind of pleasure response from it. Like, I do like when like a lot of people, I find it like like curious and like in human behavior, like why that would happen. Like, you know, like it'd be more confusing to me. Um, because when I like people's posts, I kind of, I like all their posts because I like the person. I don't really kind of just like singular ones out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I like, like I consciously do that because like I want to value that person. So like when I make posts now, um, I actually really, I like to see what people are intrigued about. And, you know, like when I do promotions on Instagram, I'm actually really curious, like, like I'll post pictures of like me doing something like a long time ago, you know, like the original Tough Mudder when it came to BC or when I was rowing downtown or any of these things and like a younger version of me, like killing it, doing something. Then I'll post like a picture of me doing something with somebody and I'll promote that. And then like, you know, like one of my little motivational quotes and stuff. I'll post that and I'll promote it and you know, like a podcast and then I'll promote that. Like, and just seeing like what demographics value like different things. And then I go back and I'm like, was I like that? You know, like for me, I think the problem with me, the majority of the time is I get too analytical. So like, I kind of missed the, like the pleasure response behind social media because like I'm the curiosity behind the behavior uh-huh. is actually like very intriguing to me, you know, because I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, why is it that like, so I feel like guys are really kind of like closet in a few ways. So I really learned that guys really like motivational quotes um, almost more than women do. Uh-huh. Um, which out of perception before uh-huh. I would have thought women do, but it's not like guys actually like that more. So now I'm like, okay, well, obviously guys to a certain extent are a little bit more into like the words of affirmation than what we think we might realize because a motivational quote is like, like a proxy words of affirmation, just somebody's not speaking them to you. You're speaking them to yourself and it, and it inspires something inside you. So I'm like, well, that's interesting. You know, because like you would talk to the typical guy and that's not what they're going to, the feedback they're going to come up with. Right. You know, yes. so like <laughs> I look at, you know, like a lot of those kind of things or like on the flip side of that is like, I actually find that 
women are a lot more closet in liking another woman's material. So like more women on the background will like search another woman's material without ever liking it or commenting on it, but they're still actively engaged in it. So I find that to be really curious that it just is. Oh, you know, I didn't like, know that. I didn't know that. I yeah, really you know, like, don't care much. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I just, I find it to, to be like a really, um, I find it to be really interesting, you know, like you, like social media, like once you kind of get into the back end and, you know, you start doing like the promotions and you look at like the, like Facebook pixels and like, okay, and you like really starting to kind of see these different, like these different um, scenarios kind of form of like, who likes what and why. And actually, again, it, it gets really interesting. So like when I look at my posts, I want a lot of posts or a lot of likes, not for gratification, but so that I can go on the back end and be like, okay, who are you? Like, who are you guys? Like, like who are all of you that just liked it? Cause I like the analytical side, like on, on the back end, I want more people to like a post because it gives me better data to be able to analyze about like who those people are than like really necessarily caring like, oh, I'm Blake, I got a hundred likes on this post. Like, I really don't care, I'm, I'm, I want like three, 400 people to like one of my posts so that I can go back and say, okay, where are you from geographically? Like, what is your age demographic? Like, like what is like, is like all that information is available to us, right? And like, that's, that's my curiosity behind it. For sure. Oh, okay, so it's a very uh, practical. Yeah. So for female, it's very simple because I've been there too in the past when I was competing one bad time, just posting my bikini picture with a six pack and then, you know, like a tight body, you know, like uh, you don't have to wait like two to three hours right away within an hour. There's so many likes right there. Yeah. And then when I opened uh, Facebook 2008, I didn't even know. I just uh, I don't know what I, I don't know why I actually even set up the Facebook because I think one of my girlfriends said, Veronica, you should have just open the Facebook and post your picture. So okay. So I finished my competition. I just post my picture. Every single day, like uh, uh friends request of uh, sixteen people, twenty people, thirty people, you know, like uh, it's very simple for female. Yeah. If you wanna have a lot of likes, yeah. uh, wear less clothes, have a nice yeah. body. Yep. And post there, you're going to get it. But this is really what you want to attract. That's your brand. Then do it. And you say everybody, they post something. They have to think of behind the why you're posting that. You have to really think about it. Like what brand are you showing to people? Mm-hmm. It's like when I post my physique, my body, I don't like that's my brand. That was my brand. Nothing else. Like I was a nutritionist. I was doing a lot of stuff. They don't care. Oh, yeah, she got the six-pack. Okay, she's champion. Okay, she's, she's lifting weight. That's all they know. And they want to take away that. I don't want that anymore. So I want to show really, you know, like I'm a nutritionist. I'm doing this. I'm functional medicine house coach. I'm showing this one. It takes a lot to remove my previous brand. It took many years. Like still some, like uh, last week or somebody I just uh, met, like uh, how many years uh, I didn't see the person. He was uh, oh, Veronica, so how's your competition? And oh yeah, you know, like you're still training people. And they go, well, I haven't done that for a long time. Yeah. It takes time. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, when you post anything, people have to think about the, the, that's your brand. That's what you're showing who you are to other people. 
So that's most important. So like now I'm going back to original, you know, when you post a picture, like a filtered everything, that's your brand and you have to stuck with it. You cannot yeah. change it. So you, whatever that happened after that, you have to take responsibility for that. You, you know, know what I mean? a point. So that's actually a great point that you, you, you turned these filters of people's faces into like a, that it's branding. It actually really is branding who they are. But what yeah. is the one thing that we know about all branding? All branding has to evolve. It has to. It has to get better. We don't like stagnation. Like it, it needs to be something else. There always needs to be that little bit something that's better. And the perfect way to be able to look at this, the original filters now coming to think about it were red eye reduction. We yeah. all know that that's how we're starting. You could take the red eye out of your, out of your photos. Like yeah, that's how it started, and this is where like the branding has got for people now. So again, like where does it go? Like does it go into like now you've changed like people's bodies? And, and again, how do you live that image down? And how much like mental health issues could be caused by like people representing this image to the world that they clearly don't have, but they have to walk around in that body with that mind all the time. Like I would be scared. It would it'd be like going to work claiming to be a doctor and have never, like you'd never received your doctor. And like now like you, you're just a regular person. Like eventually you're going to get sought out for being the fraud that you are. But imagine shouldering that anxiety until that day happens. Like that would be like, like this same thing. It's like, you know, like you're, you're promoting this false image of yourself and then one day it's going to catch up where like you do meet somebody and they're just like, oh, like, you don't even look like how you look like online at all. You know, and like, yeah. we have, like watered down versions that all, all already, but like you, it, it's, it's interesting to see like that, that evolution coming because, you know, like, like what you said, especially for women, like think of how many women online right now, they get thousands of likes on their posts, but have never posted a picture of their face. Oh yeah. That's like it's such interesting behavior. Like, and that becomes your, your, your validation. So what happens when your bum's not as nice anymore? You're going for surgery. Of course you are. You have to, because that's now, that's who you are. You have to maintain that perfect, butt at all costs. The thing is, it, this is the problem is it because, um, um, I believe there's no perfection. Any, mm -hmm. any, anything you do yep. from, there's no perfection. If you chase after that, you're going to be miserable because you never get to, well, there's a good way to look at it. Oh yeah. So you're going to improve, but we are doing the wrong way, doing the wrong thing. That's why. Uh, one point, let's say I bring back again, fitness. And I was always thinking, you know, Oh, what if, if I have six pack, what if I have nice bum? What if, if I have those nice shoulders, you know, the lean body, I have a perfect body and you chase after work really hard for it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you really enjoy the process, then you know what? It's good. But people tend, they forget about process. They always looking for the final product. I was like that. I was one of those. So oh, on stage, that's the day I'm going to be this perfect body. And I do it. But you know what? I'm not happy mm -hmm. because I don't think it's a perfect because I can never reach that my idea or that perfect body. So even though like I have the other people, oh shit, did you see the Veronica? But myself, fuck, I could do better. 
So yeah. I never happy with it. So that's when you think about it, you have to really um, focus on your process, where you come from. And you have to enjoy really every day. That's really important. And the same thing now is like we're talking about like those filtering picture. That's like really to me, it's like it's a garbage. It's like where are you going with it? Like <laughs> think about your life and do something about it instead of the sit down and doing the app, using app, you know, the brushing your face, you know, like do something really productive things, you know, like learn something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like uh, enjoy the process, you know, something that you, you know, set your goal and do it. That's really living life. So yeah. that's why for me, I'm 100% against those filtering. Like, uh, I don't get it why the people are doing it. And some people say, oh, yeah, you think, you know, if you're like a certain pounds, you're heavier, but you want to look like that. You never achieve it, you know, like it's, at least you feel good when I look at those pictures. Okay, that make you feel good and do it. If you can live like that rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to happen. You're going to get more depressed. And you're going to cut up with that. You know, people start to, you know, look at you, but it's not yourself. And they like you, but it's not you. And yeah. you know, you know yourself. It's not you. So you and, really and have to. Can, and how long can we get away with lying to ourselves for? You know, that's like, a that's long really what yeah, yeah. You, right? Yeah, yeah. You cannot even have a relationship with it. How are you going to have a, like, a real relationship with people? If you don't show yourself, you're not real. Then you can't have a relationship with any relationship. Mm. And how you can be healthy mentally and physically? No, you can't. Yeah. But who's going to teach this? Nobody. And, you know, and these are the things that is like why I feel like it's so invaluable that, that more people continue like having these conversations because it's like, again, if you look at like what like all this it has done, like this has forced us to stay in our homes because we've been scared of something that that may or may not be out that door when we walk outside, right? But what would happen to people if there was a natural disaster? Because it happens a lot in the world right now. And there's a big one of something coming. And especially for us out here, we do earthquake preparedness all the time in BC. Yeah all the kids do in schools, businesses do, buildings are built that way. Like there's, there's big destruction coming. This one just happened to be like something a little bit more like watered down, but like people could still kind of live in this fake little neutral area and kind of get away with lying to themselves through something like this. But if there's a real actual like atrocity that is going to happen where people have to stop lying to themselves, what happens then? Because a $2,000 check's not going to help that. You know, you might not have anywhere to cash that $2,000 check and you might not have anything to buy if you had a $2,000 check. Like what happens that, you know, like what happens in those moments when we're faced with the actual reality of the world that we live in, not the facade that we choose to live in by this proxy life, life that most people have created for themselves. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That is like a, heavy. But I know it's, it's really, very heavy. It's real though. But again, I think it's, it's a sign of the times that we see it with like this, this COVID-19 situation and stuff where like people are, are, I hear people challenging themselves of what they feel like their true value is because the one thing is theoretically and very temporarily right now, the world is existing without participation. 
right? Yeah. But yeah. it won't last for very long because no. we have to participate. Like you yes. have to participate in life, right? Yes. And it's like yes. when you come back in, when participation kicks back in, because I've been thinking about like all this, like when people's jobs have been deemed an essential service, it's like, I feel like there's kind of like this hero mentality and like, I'm really contributing, which they should, they should have, like they're contributing to the little part of our world that is still functioning packages, getting delivered food, being available to us. They should have that. But on the flip side of that is the people who don't have a job that's deemed to be an essential service. We basically now told you life doesn't really need you. Life doesn't really need you right now. You know, and like, that would be like, for me, like, for example, like, like, and that's what I always tell everybody. I'm like, like life doesn't need me and what I do. I just have to, my job and obligation to this world now isn't, is, is to show people like, Hey, we kind of need to get back over to here so that we're not so reliant on all these things like filters and diet pills and, you know, diabetes medication. Like, like I'm just a reminder of like who you should be, but it, if people just kind of were more to like who they are in their roots as humanity, my profession would be gone like that. There would be no need for me because people would just be living kind of like who they are and what they should be and how they should be living because like healthcare wouldn't be such a concern. And you know, like, like lethargic lifestyles wouldn't be such a concern. Like I, I look at myself very much as being like a non-essential service to life, but I'm okay with that. I would, I would love it because like if, if my, profession got completely eliminated one day because everybody chose to be healthy i'd be like oh shit that's awesome like mm. i would happily go do something else like mm. to me that would be that would be wicked but like i choose that to be positive but there is a lot of jobs that people are starting to realize now like what happens if there's no more data that needs to be entered like data entry jobs are gone and that's a huge part of our society is just like data entry right that's true yeah you know like like in what happened because we see that also coming with like technology too right and like that's what a lot of people are worried about with like the changing technology it, it eliminates a lot of jobs especially jobs like you know like potentially like data entry and all that kind of stuff right yes. you know so like it's kind of like a little taste right now of are you important to the world like can the world function with or without you? And like, you know, like where do we kind of land in that landscape and how do you choose to be able to perceive that information once you know where you land? Right. Uh-huh. It's something that I've thought about like a, like a lot lately, just, you know, like what would happen if, if I, if all this was gone and like, I had no job to go to, not because people didn't want to like say hire my services anymore or anything along those lines. But if we came out as COVID-19 and everybody was just healthy, like there's some magic wand that got waved and just everybody was healthy. Like, like what would I do? And I'm like, I would love it. Cause I would get, get I could go back to school and I could learn. First of all, it's never going to happen. And second, <laughs> <laughs> second, and if uh, everybody healthy, you find another job. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that? yeah. You find another job, but it's never going to happen. Because the food industry and then our pharmaceutical industry, like uh, well, our lifestyle, is it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. You look at it. Absolutely, I know. I agree with you. Like I, I totally agree. Like, like I still think like if we had a national weight average, if we were at like a thousand pounds before, like I, I guarantee you, like 
the average weight gain per person across Canada was probably at least two pounds per person. But you think like the overall number that is over 36 million people. It's a, it's a crazy, like, uh, you know, like it's um, people die with a heart attack. People die with mostly cardiovascular disease and, you know, diabetes, all the lifestyle related. Yes, there is a certain genetic get involved, you know, the people born with a certain disease, that's like really less percentage. Even that now there is a different way the scientists, the biologists, they talk about it. You know, it's all into your mind, how you actually set your mind. You know, you can actually uh, change your conscious mind and conscious mind, you can actually buy Body is meant to heal. Mm-hmm. Whatever that comes in, we fight for it. That's why we have an immune system. So we're born with that, right? So we have that. But like the thing is, like you know, the life is said doesn't go that route. So there's no way people are gonna get healthier. Unless, you know, people, everybody wants it, you know, they change their mindset, they change their lifestyle, they, they look at the food different way, you know, they don't look at the food like, you know, oh, that's entertaining me, oh, that tastes good. Instead of that, they look at the food like all the nutrition. Okay, what my body needs? What do I have to eat to feel better? I have more energy. If people look at, okay, instead of thinking about it, oh, when do I go to the Botox? If, oh, yeah, what kind of food I have to have so I can have actually, you know, a better skin? If people think that way, of course, you, you're going to lose job. I'm going to lose job. Then I'm going to find another job to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. And now I wanted to ask you just if you just follow up with your ketogenic diet. Yeah. So right now, this morning, is what is your um, ketone level? Uh, I think it was 2.8, 2.9 this morning. It seems like it's been kind of like, increasing by 0.1 like you know 2.6 2.7 2.8 2.9 but i haven't crossed over that threshold of getting into like a three and like optimally i kind of want to be in like like a three to four reading oh yeah um, 3.5 like is like really optimum yeah, yeah. yeah right. but the 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 part that i'm starting to realize now is and i knew this before um and i was trying to dodge doing it but i i made the decision that i'm not going to is that I don't think it's accurate only just to use like the breath meter. Um, uh-huh. I'm going to get the, I, I ordered one of the, um, the blood glucose meters that the test ketone levels. Um, and I'm also going to get the P strips. Cause I think it's just, it's more valuable of information to show to people because like, I actually feel like I'm more into ketosis than what this meter is representing. Um, okay. you know, so like I'm, I'm going to find some different, or I have alternative uh, methods for testing. Uh, coming in I'm just going to kind of see what that looks like and just see kind of like what is kind of like the most effective you know for me or just so people know like like the p-strips are better than the breath test or the breath test is better than the blood glucose like it just well, well I'll see it in in a few days and I'm gonna oh interesting because the blood test is like really accurate yeah That's and I know it's the most accurate and, yeah and yeah reading, like like that yeah. I just I just want to see like well if on average my ketone levels are maybe like 0.5 lower on the breath test than the blood test. Mm-hmm. And at least I would know that. And then people would kind of know, you know, like the plus minus might be from like the plus minus might be like one full point, right. Mm-hmm. Or like a half a point. So um, like, I just want to kind of know what that information looks like too. Because again, I'm an information and analytical junkie. Oh, there's another thing I want to ask you because uh, while I'm following you, you're measuring ketones. Some days I like got 2.9, some days 2.8, 2.7. But you're kind of going up slowly. 
Uh, but you know what? To be honest, the people really want to know, like, what are you eating? Eating? Yeah. Um, Just yeah. walk me through yesterday, what you did from morning to night. Um, actually, yesterday, I predominantly fasted um, for, like, the last half of the day. Um, I just wanted to do kind of like a little bit of a, a metabolic cleanse um, and stuff and just because I, I just felt like it, was, like it was no conscious choice. I didn't go into it into the day thinking about that. It was just kind of like how I felt my day should be represented. So that's what I did. I, I fat loaded a little bit in the morning. Um, I next to no protein um, yesterday, like it all is pretty much just like predominantly fat. Um, I've only consumed fat this morning and I'm going to have my first protein uh, based meal once we're done. <laughs> Um, this podcast here this morning and um, but like I would say some of the things that like I like typically like like obviously you know I like lots of avocados uh, like walnuts almonds whole um, and then I like lots of almond butter coconut oil milled flax um, milled chia seeds uh, hemp hearts um, I got a thing of sour cream they're like 14% sour cream uh, because I wanted to have like a little bit on the steak and I hate throwing food away. So now I feel obligated to eat the rest of this sour cream, even though I don't want to. So I've been like eating that and I like, I, I don't want to eat it. But like I said, I just, I, I have a hard time throwing food away. Okay. Um, um, I would say like my protein sources have been predominantly like fatty steaks, um, minced lamb. Um, and I've had bacon a few times and stuff, mm -hmm. but um, I'm, I'm intentionally trying to keep my protein more moderate and just really making sure that like my fat levels are jacked up because I want to try to get into like that. I want my, I want my reading to consistently be 3.5 so I can allow for an, a variation up and down from there. So I just want to be like fat heavy within that. So I've been trying different, like, you know, um, intermittent fasting, like in the morning, like delaying, like, you know, like my first like intake um, of food, then I've tried the opposite of like, you know, eating right away, but then fasting a little bit more in the afternoon and seeing how that changes my levels. Um, I have really noticed that if I eat like a, um, like a protein rich meal, like if I have like a really fatty steak with like an avocado mm -hmm. and maybe some sour cream, for example, um, like I can drop from like a 2.8 to like a 1.4, 1 1.5, 1 um, like pretty quickly. Uh, but I can also bounce back and return that up, um, like about like that, that full 1.1.2 points um, up like pretty quickly as well. Um, I notice I'm always in a definitely a lower state of ketosis uh, pre bed, obviously, than I am in the morning, which makes total sense to me. Um, but yeah, like, again, to like, like nothing fancy, you know, like my diets are never like anything fancy. Like, like I I'm simple. I think that on the vegan diet and the carnivore diet, I had to be a little bit more fancy because I wanted the variety. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but the one nice thing with like a, like a fat based diet is like, I really like consuming fat in my diet before this was predominantly ketogenic anyway. And I really like the way that these certain materials, um, like make me feel. And I don't like really consuming a lot of dairy products. So like, I don't think of like cheeses and you know, like yogurts and sour cream, like, like the, I don't want those things to be a staple in my diet. Cause I just, I don't feel good eating them. Um, so like, I really try to err more onto like the whole nuts and nut butters, um, you know, and, and things like that.
But, but uh, well, that makes sense because uh, let's say those like a steak, a fatty steak, you know, still good, but at the same time, it's like it's anti-ketogenic, right? So it's a convert to glucose. That's why it's your ketone level go down, right? So, and then yeah. you, when you actually, but then again, yesterday, for instance, when you have that, how many ounces of a steak you're having it? Um, yeah, see, it, it's funny when you say, because like I know my body's going through like glycogenesis and turning that protein in, into glucose and stuff. Because I'm eating like uh, I probably eat like a like a ten or twelve ounce steak. It was, it was a fairly decent <laughs> size. Um, okay. Yeah, and you know, like and I know it would be more beneficial for me to eat a smaller amount. Yeah, of, three to four ounce. Yeah, yeah. You know, like and you know more yeah. frequently, like throughout yeah, the day, yeah. potentially, you know, things like that. Um, but I don't try to stack any of these diets into what I'm thinking is perfect. Mm-hmm. I there I also allow for a lot of like what convenience would mandate. That's why I try to only have like one really like protein heavy meal a day. Mm-hmm. Um and then like the rest of it is like predominantly just like strictly like fat based or you know like fat concentration is pretty high. Um mm-hmm. I haven't ate like any vegetables or you know any fruits and stuff like that, you know like um you know since I've started the, this ketogenic diet and stuff and only just because I want to get in like that 3.5 ish range. And I know I'm getting carbohydrate in my body because I'm eating a lot of meat at one time. And again, I know my body is going through glycogenesis and turning that, that protein into glucose. So, you know, from a carbohydrate standpoint, I know it's coming in and obviously like on a ketogenic diet, like your amount of like fruits and vegetables is so low anyway, you know, like I, I would be micronutrient deficient regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like, I already know that would be an inevitable byproduct to me. Like that's just the more, like I have to make sure that I'm also eating a variety of different meats. Like this weekend, I'm going to make sure that I eat lots of fish because I'm going camping all weekend. So I'm going to bring lots of um, smoked salmon and stuff. So like I'll have like a, you know, like a lot of sources like that and stuff like that. Right. So. Oh, okay. So that's what you're doing. Because why I'm asking you, the people out there listening to your podcast, you know, they, at the end of the day, they kind of want to learn from you, like what he's eating type of food, because they know what is a ketogenic diet, but individual, they're different and what type of food you're choosing. So now they know that you're choosing, but it's good because you're not having any, um, vegetable and fruits but you're getting fiber from those uh flax seed you know hemp seed and those yeah. seed and nuts you're getting stiff fibers from there but you don't get any fiber from your meat source and you're not going to get any from other uh oil if you take it right yeah. so lipid you're not going to take that so um well you can also do like a little bit adding um psyllium husky if you want that's also okay. give you the enough fiber so you can help that and then uh do you make like those fat bombs just to bump yeah, it up your oh okay so how do you make it uh well that's kind of like what i i i actually choose to eat it like a little bit more fat heavy so it's almost kind of like not like a light like a really thick um like liquid so like that's what i have is where like the um like the hemp hearts, the milled flax, the milled chia seeds, almond butter, yeah. coconut oil, and cinnamon, you know, and I'll mix that all together. You know, if I didn't put as much coconut oil into it, I could form it into a ball. Um, mm-hmm. I just like to eat it out of a bowl. And I don't mind making it all the time. And like, I have some in the freezer that, you know, like I, I put in like little uh, like glass containers and I put it in the freezer and uh-huh. stuff like that. So you kind of like chisel it out and pop it in your mouth and the fat kind of melts in your mouth. So it's kind of like, a perverse candy. I'll mix cocoa powder in it sometime, sometimes. So it just tastes a little bit like chocolate. 
and stuff. Okay. But um, that's about like the extent of like what my treats get to look like. I've been mating the fat bomb this entire week since you're on the ketogenic diet. I said, oh yeah, I miss fat bomb. You know, I made it and I did like, um, when I make it, I don't buy just the regular coconut oil. Yeah. I buy those unfiltered. Oh yeah, coconut yeah. oil. So that's the original one, right? So it's a whole coconut is in it. So I get that, and then um, yeah, you can use almond butter, but I, I like mix with the peanut butter. So I get the organic peanut butter as well. And then what I do, like when I make it, like I let's say a half a, a cup of uh, peanut butter yeah. and a half cup of those unrefined coconut butter. Add into, and then you can put the microwave a little bit so it's more like a liquid, like that's easier. So when you mix it together, that and then, um, actually, uh, what else I'm putting it like I put two together and then I mix it, and then uh, I use those small little cup. Oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) so I put it there and then I just uh, leave in the refrigerator. And then I can just uh, take that. And then sometimes what I do, I get like a cacao, the 100% cacao. Yeah. The big uh, baking one. Yeah, that's what I got too, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I cut it. I melt it and add a little bit of um, organic grass-fed butter. I add about like oh, just one tablespoon mm-hmm. and I mix it together. And then I just pull on the top of oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that and sounds t- easy. Oh, it's like, you know, those uh, peanut butter cup with yeah. this. It's just yeah. like that. It tastes amazing. Ah, so that's it. like, yeah, that's actually uh, how I actually eat that. So I use that, you know, I had a lot of fat like that, but then people think, oh yeah, but some people, they have to restrict their fat intake too, because you, because you're a very active person, but people, they're not really active, you know, they can have too much fat because even though they're on ketogenic diet, because they're not going to burn their body fat, they're just going to burn fat that they ate. Yeah. That's what happening. So people think, oh, yeah, I'm on ketogenic diet, but I'm not losing anything. Well, because maybe you're eating fat and your body is just burning that fat yeah. that you ate. So either you have to be very active or you just have to reduce a little bit of fat portion. So yeah. that's what I wanted to ask you. So how long are you going to actually go for like without eating any vegetable? Um, I don't really. Well, like I said, I think that I'll start to eat like some vegetables, like once my ketone levels kind of get more in like a 3.5 range so that, you know, like I can introduce like some vegetables in it and it'll drop it down maybe to like anywhere between like 2.8 and three. Um, then mm-hmm. I can kind of easily climb back up into like the 3.5 range. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I just want to kind of like ensure that I get there. So I'm really intentionally like minimalizing, you know, like my carbohydrate intake, except for just eating like an excessive amount of meat. And stuff, but like I try to eat like that excessive amount of meat also to kind of like right around a time when I've just finished working out and mm. stuff. So like at least there's like a little bit more demand for like nutrients on my in my body and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then like, you know, like I would typically do something a little bit more physically active later on in the day as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of like help, you know, obviously like keep my body like, you know, burning off any excess glucose that's in it and, you know, staying fat adapted and stuff, right? So um, like I could say it could be like, a day or a week or you know like it may never come i might chase this uh this higher level ketosis for like the entire month and not get there i'm just i'm going to kind of let my body like dictate just kind of because i also want to run some experiments along the way that are probably also going to really like fluctuate my ketone levels too because i Mm -hmm. just want to kind of see like how it feels in my body like in relationship to like performance you know like in the gym or no performance and stuff like that you know in like hiking and everything so Mm -hmm. um yeah i'll just kind of i'll just got to play around that and see how it goes. 
And basically also when you're actually not introducing any carbs and what's going to happen, your body kind of adapted to um, um, like using the ketones, right? They make a ketones and using the ketone. But the thing is that once you do that, body is very sensitive with the carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. So once you actually introduce a little bit of fruits, a little bit of uh, just vegetable, you may going to just get kicked out of ketosis again. Yeah. Yeah. Because body is very sensitive. Be- yeah. And yeah. that's like, those are the kind of experiments that like I want to run and kind of see like what that data looks like then. And not only it allows me to be able to help myself more, but then I can help other people and people can see that as a part of the journey too, right? Right. So when you, when you get kicked out of ketosis, what you can do, the best thing you can do, just like, you know what, just to fast. Yeah. Just to fast for a long time. And then between that, you just do like just to drinking water and then you do just a high intensity of a training and then you're going to get back right away. So yeah. that's the best way to do it. So yeah, that's cool. Cool. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to kind of like a, a abruptly end this and into like our, our keto conversation, but I have to get ready to be able to head up to, to Jones Lake to do some, some camping this seven. Oh, that's awesome. Leaving today and coming back on, on Sunday morning and stuff. So uh, I can't wait. I just have to, uh, I'm renting a truck because the couple of weekends ago when I took uh, my SUV into the back because I just have kind of like all season tires on it. Um, I popped one of my tires is like 250 bucks to get a new tire. So I thought it's like 80 bucks to rent a truck or potentially another $250 for a tire. So I'm kind of trying to make the smart decision beforehand. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. So have fun. And then just let me know next week we get together as an outside, right? So I don't know the where is a good place to be. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Be- yeah. 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 Perfect. Let's do that. And then by the way, um, send me that uh, recording file because I couldn't record it. You didn't give me the permission. Oh yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's do that. And always great to talking to you. Always great to talk it's to you. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, have a wonderful weekend. You too. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.